Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX HockeyCast, episode 21. Oh boy, we got some stuff to talk about this week. Deadpool is buying the Senators, losing streaks abound in the NHL. The Boston Bruins are absolutely the stupidest organization in the NHL right now. Ridiculous point streaks, cold and hot starts, so much more, and of course, your Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll be talking about all that stuff in this episode, so here we go, let's get into it, the hockey cast. This is where I would normally, or a normal podcast would probably put in some sort of music, so here we go. GX hockey Anyway, okay, so back, here we go, let's get into the hockey cast, so not going to be talking about injuries, not enough, well, there's going to be some injuries I talk about, but we're not going to go through all of them this week, Uh, no signings and no trades, so we're skipping all that stuff, so let's get into the news, Deadpool is wanting to buy the Ottawa Senators, yes, you heard that right, the Senators are up for sale And Ryan Reynolds, the actor that plays Deadpool, and Deadpool in pretty much every movie he plays, he's just the same character in every movie, but Deadpool is interested in buying the Sens, Um, yeah, and uh, currently the Sens are worth about uh, $650 million, somewhere in that range, and I know that Deadpool was a successful movie, and Deadpool 2 was a, was a pretty successful movie, but I don't think Ryan Reynolds has $650 million just lying around to purchase a hockey team, but um, all kidding aside, obviously Ryan Reynolds is not going to be uh, purchasing them all by himself. He's looking for a group of people to... Uh, all get together and buy a hockey team it's kind of the way that it's going these days uh, how you buy a hockey team you it's not you know i mean you still have your owners out there the billionaires that could buy all that stuff but starting to see more of groups buying up stuff like that teams whatnot so ryan reynolds maybe he can get the justice league or whatever the fuck is he what is he a marvel i don't know get batman he's a million he's got a lot of money he can ask ask batman for some money or superman or ah fuck i don't know i'm gonna piss off a lot of people i can't i don't i don't know i'm pretty sure dead oh man what's deadpool i think he's dc but i don't know i don't really care but um very interesting that uh, i did not expect ryan reynolds to come out of the come out of nowhere to say that he really wants to buy this team i think that maybe he could maybe be a potential owner of the Sens. i think that'd be really cool he was at one of their games the other day he got a standing ovation that's all good that's all great that's fantastic um but the senators are not doing very good right now and uh maybe maybe if he buys buys them up right now he might be able to buy low because the Sens suck ass right now oh my goodness they are just free falling in the standings i swear last week i thought i talked good about them maybe i jinxed them but they have currently lost six straight games um think there's shit is going wrong in ottawa right now honestly i didn't even i haven't even heard uh much talk about the ottawa senators other than deadpool wanting to buy their team haven't even really heard a whole lot of talk about the struggles of their team the only thing that i could say is that more than likely could use um it looks like they could use better defense better i mean their offense is okay to has been a little slow 
Uh, Giroux hasn't scored that much. And, um, I mean, Brady Kachuk is doing fantastic. I'll be talking about him a little later on in this episode. But I don't know what the hell is going on with the Sens. They definitely they started out not great, and then they kind of started getting it together, and then they fell back off. They're starting to look like the Sens of last year. What is it, their power play? And I think both their specialty teams are doing pretty badly right now. So, hey, Ryan Reynolds, you want to maybe get like a, a 10% discount, which would be like $6 million. I don't know. I just blacked out there. I just tried to do math. And I think I think I might have actually just died for a second there because my brain just shut down. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe if he buys now, maybe that's what he's thinking. There's also a lot of potential for the Ottawa Senators uh, organization to grow. They are pretty much guaranteed that they are going to get that downtown arena built. So that should be coming at some point soon. And another uh, point of interest for uh, the sale of the Ottawa Senators is that uh, the Sens organization came out and said that they're, they are only going to be selling... Uh, to people that aren't going to move the team, so there's no fear of the Ottawa Senators being moved, which is fine. I'm okay with the Senators. Uh, I, I, I like I don't like the Senators when it comes to like the Battle of Ontario, but I think the. I, uh, the Sens are pretty cool. I like their jersey, especially I really like their jersey. I like their colors. And there's no way I want to lose another Canadian team. Kind of sucks that there's two in. Uh, Quebec, but uh, I don't think there really needs to be two there, but it is what it is. There's two teams there. I don't want a second team in Toronto. No, no, thank you. I would just prefer maybe we just get, I don't know, a Saskatoon or a Halifax team would be cool. My wife and I were actually talking about that earlier this week, and I was just telling her, like, yeah, it'd be great to have a Halifax team. I just, there's just not enough people in Halifax to, to, to really... Uh, want the NHL to go to a place like Halifax when there's so many bigger markets, American markets, even bigger Canadian markets than than Halifax. I mean, a second team in, in Toronto would be a great market, but the Leafs would be very not into that because that's 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 their place. We're, we're the Toronto team. And if another Toronto team came in, I mean, I don't know how that'd be really weird. Like, would it be a similar situation to like the Clippers and the Lakers? Like everyone just kind of hates on the Clippers and everyone likes the Lakers. Would it be like everyone likes the new team and they hate on the Leafs or would it be like, it'd be like everyone likes the Leafs at first, but then maybe the new Toronto team, like the Hamilton Ham hams the hamilton hams come in and they fucking win a stanley cup in their first five years then all of a sudden they the, the hamilton hams are like the most popular team in canada and then the leafs uh the pressure's off the leafs and then they win cups that would be killer that would be really cool uh but what do you guys think do you think that deadpool is going to come out with uh with a partial ownership of the sends i think that'd be really cool i mean why not i mean it would bring more eyes over to the nhl they're like oh, okay deadpool's uh gonna be at the game tonight or what maybe he'll even dress up as deadpool on top of that the hockey guy made a great point the Ottawa Senators' colors are already Deadpool colors. They use red and black, just like Deadpool, So they with a little bit of white. So there you go. Uh, it's a perfect fit. It's a match made in heaven. Maybe the Senators will change their name to the Deadpools. That that, that would also be kind of cool. Um, so speaking of the Sens free-falling in the standings, there are a few teams right now that are just free-falling in the standings. Losing streaks are just fucking... That must be in right now. It's very popular to go on massive losing streaks. So the Ottawa Senators are on a six-game losing streak right now. Another Canadian team that's doing really just not great right now, and it hurts me to say that, is the Calgary Flames, man. They are on a tough six-game losing streak. They've lost five of the last six by one goal, so that's semi-encouraging. They're not getting blown out. They got blown out, uh, excuse me, in one game. All the other games were pretty close. 
Some of them controversial. Maybe some of those they should have won. Uh, I watched some of the New Jersey game uh, uh, Tuesday. Uh, they started out good, man, and then I turned I turned over to the Leaf game, and I came back to the Calgary game, and they were losing. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? Yes, they just took on the New Jersey Devils, which are arguably the hottest team in the league right now. Um, couldn't they, they got beaten by them two times, and... Um, yeah, dude, shit in Calgary right now is not is not very good, not very optimistic. Scoring has been a little bit of a struggle. Goaltending has not been as strong as I hoped. I literally traded away Markstrom in my fantasy league. I know it, I didn't want to trade him away. I got hella yuck for him, so that's not too bad. Um, I was I, it, it's nothing against Markstrom. It's the fact that I am dead last in my 16 man fantasy hockey pool. I'm doing dog shit right now. I had to change my team name to Pure Shit Squad because I'm pure shit. And Markstrom was not helping me out at all, man. He was con he's consistently under a 900 save percentage. Markstrom does not look like Markstrom right now. Vladar can't get it done as well, man. I was ex I'm really. Uh, disappointed with Vladar because I had a lot of high hopes for him this year. I thought he was going to take another step, maybe start playing into that 30-35 games uh, this season, and so far he has not looked very good at all. Mackenzie Weger, I mean, he may be playing well, but I think like offensively he just hasn't really brought a whole lot. He's kind of a little bit disappointing, and I mean, when it comes to Huberto, man, I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit later on in this podcast as well when it comes to his points, but damn dude uh he has not been scoring at all the only guy that seems to be scoring on a consistent basis is Kadri I watched him rip a doodle tonight it was or uh, Tuesday night it was a beautiful little shot right there he's been great I, I didn't have any fears about Kadri uh having an adjustment into the Calgary Flames system now it looks like Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger are struggling quite a bit into uh getting into the new system the Daryl Sutter system which is con with every I don't know if anyone didn't expect this to come maybe people thought it wouldn't have taken this long but like I said in the last episode he's going from the east to the west he's getting a whole change in um totally different areas going into a different country he's going from the united states to canada and his team is going he's going from an offensively minded system to a defensive hitting tight checking uh system of daryl sutter so definitely having a little bit of an adjustment is issue right now with jonathan huberto they've been flip-flopping the lines they just aren't getting that consistent scoring thankfully they're not like i said they're not getting blown out in games which is encouraging i mean it, it's not good. I mean, it'd help if they won some of those close games, but at least they're not getting blown out. They're not getting dominated. They're not getting dummied. But yeah, shit has not been really good with the Calgary Flames right now. You Flames fans out there, let me know, man. What's the big thing? What the hell's going on? From what I can see, it looks like kind of a little bit of everything is not really tight, and everything needs a little bit of a tightening up. Um, I would say right now it looks like goaltending is a big problem. Like just from the numbers, man. I mean, I I was I was expecting Marshall to be way better than that. Maybe I didn't expect him to do what he did last year because last year was pretty fucking good ass season for him last year. But I definitely was not expecting him to be like uh, on average subpar 900 goaltender. That's just not who Marky Mark is. And then again with Vladar, man, I was just like really didn't expect him to do this poorly. He's played quite well for the Flames, but yeah, so far not so good with the Flames right now. They really need to turn it around. It's def it's definitely not too late. We're not panicking just yet, but. Um, they need to turn it around soon. They need to start getting some wins. They need Huberto to get off the schneid and start fucking putting some points up, man, because eesh, it's not looking good right now for the Calgary Flames. They, like I said, they did play New Jersey Devils two times, and New Jersey's just fucking on fire right now. Speaking of losing streaks, the Penguins. 
holy, this one kind of snuck up on me. I did not realize that they were doing this badly. I, I dived into it a little bit. Pens are on a seven-game losing streak. Like, holy fuck, dude. I did not see this one coming. Again, it's all early. Things can turn around for pretty much all of these teams, except maybe one we'll talk about next. But uh, I don't, I'm not counting out the Pens right now, but... Again, if they don't turn it around real fucking soon, it's going to be uh, lights out for them because the East is looking real strong. you got Jersey coming out of nowhere. Islanders are back. Toronto's getting back in there. Boston's on fire. you got Detroit sneaking in there trying to do some damage. And um, who's the other team that's doing quite? Buffalo is there. I, it looks like they're dropping off a little bit. But, you know, they're still competitive. They're, they're a hard team to play against. But the big problem is, is they got New Jersey and the Islanders going up there. So... If the Islanders get in and, um, what the fuck team that just New Jersey gets in, that means someone's got to come out, two people got to come out, and it's starting to look like it's going to be the Pens and Caps, which is crazy. It's like, holy fuck, have we even seen the Pens not make the playoffs since, like, Sidney Crosby first entered the league? Has Crosby ever not made the playoffs? I doubt it. I doubt that they're going to misplay. I don't know, man. It's, it's really hard for me to bet against Crosby. Like, Crosby is going to will this team to the playoffs whether they like it or not, they don't want it or not. Crosby's Crosby. He's still playing very good. He's still he's fucking insane, man. Problem is, is their bottom six has been invisible. They've just done absolutely nothing. And I gotta, I gotta call out my guy. Well, he's not really my guy, but he was a former Leaf, so I guess he was my guy. He's not my buddy no more. He's not even my guy, buddy. But. Kasperi Kapanen has scored, I think they said it was three goals over his last, like, 55 games as a pen going back to last year. That is dog shit. You need to have a lot more than that, Kapanen. I mean, they gave him a pretty decent contract. And, uh, yeah, I watched him play in Toronto for a little while, and he's definitely capable of more than three goals in 50-some-odd games, especially with the pens. I mean, they got a pretty talented team over there. But bottom six has been a real struggle for the pens, man. They just can't get any offense going and the defense man the defense looking real slow and it's starting to really look like trading away John Marino and Matheson may have been the a real bad call because you brought in old Petrie he's not doing very good either and I mean that should have been a red flag last year when he had such a dog shit season last year maybe that would have been a message to you to say like oh maybe Shea Weber was carrying uh, helping him out a lot more because Petrie just fucking exploded like a few years ago and then when Shea Weber went away, it just kind of fell off. Last year was a disaster for him. Looking like more of the same this year out of Petrie. They look slow. They, And then you got John Marino, who is absolutely fucking murdering it over there in New Jersey. He's playing fantastic. He's not putting up like a shitload of points or anything, but his play apparently has just been awesome. He's fitting in over there very, very nicely. Matheson, I, I I don't even know where the fuck he ended up, but regardless, uh, it looks like the changes on defense for the Pens did not work out. They traded for Ty Smith. He's not even playing on the team. He's in the minors, so that was a that just didn't work out. I thought when they made that trade, I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. Watch the Pens are gonna turn this guy into like a 45, 50 point defenseman, and sadly, no, that that's not the case. He's actually playing in the minors, which I was like, oh shit, that's fucking crazy. So. Pens are struggling. Uh, apparently, there's been a little bit of lack of effort out of Evgeny Malkin, which, I mean, you look at the, what the guy's career is, it's going to be harder for a guy at his age to get up for all these regular season games. It's going to be 
you know, it's going to be hard to grind out some of these games and it's just going to get harder now that you dug yourself into a little bit of a hole. So they're going to need Evgeny Malkin to step up. Apparently Latang has not been excellent either. Crosby had a meeting with his team and said that he basically called himself out, which is a very, you know, just a fucking awesome captain move. You got one of the greatest players to play the game saying that he's not been good enough. So Obviously, that should rile up the rest of the team to amp up their game. We'll have to just wait and see if the Pens can get out of this tailspin because, whoo-wee, and on top of that, it doesn't look like goaltending has been very, very tight, which is weird because I thought Justin uh, Tristan Jari started out pretty good this season, and uh, yeah, I just cannot buy a win right now. They can't get those saves, and... Um, yeah, I'm a little, honestly, a little shocked that the Pens are on a seven-game losing streak. Just not what I was expecting with, you know, with a team that has Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. But maybe we're starting to see the 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 drop off. Not maybe not so much with Crosby, but maybe you're starting to see a little bit of a drop off here with Latang. Which, in if I was a Pens fan, my heart would be tightening up because you just signed him to that ridiculous deal that's going to take him till he's like 59 years old. So. Good luck with that one. If he's already starting to fall off, that's not good. Malkin, it doesn't look like he's ever going to be hitting that like 100-point dominating player that he was a few years ago. But I don't know, man. The Pens are just in it right now. They got to get out of there. And I can't, it's just hard to bet against Crosby. I feel like Crosby's going to get, he's going to go crazy. He's going to score like 30 points in fucking 12 games or something. He's going to start winning all these games for them. But if anyone's going to do it, man, it's going to be Sidney Crosby and the Pens if... But, um, yeah, man, it's starting to lo not look good for the Pens. And even the Capitals are both down there. But at least the Capitals aren't on a massive losing streak right now. Speaking of losing streaks, oh, we're not done yet. We're not done yet with the losing streaks. The fucking St. Louis Blues. What the fuck is going on in St. Louis? Are they trying to win another cup again by making themselves last place by December? Eight-game losing streak. What the hell is going on over there? Oh, man, I was... Just disappointing. Just disappointing, man. I mean, Blues are always a pretty good, good, consistent team. There were quite a lot of fun last year with Jordan Cairo running around. And now this year, man, oh boy, just the production of everybody is just fine. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly has, what, two goals in the, in the whole season? I think he just scored on Tuesday, so that's something. But Ryan O'Reilly just falling off a cliff uh, offensively, I don't know if he's trying to help out the Blues here because he's on his last year. Maybe if he's like, oh, if I just play like dog shit this year and get no points, they can sign me for $1 million and I can help him out. But I don't think that's what's going on right now. I think Ryan O'Reilly is just fucking struggling with it right now, man. He's just, hopefully his defensive side is still there. I imagine it still is. I can't say I've been watching a whole lot of Blues games. I just don't have the time to watch every single team. But I, I listen to the news that's going on around the league. Now, obviously, the thing that's been going around with the Blues lately is, say his name, Bennington. Bennington, what is going on with this guy, man? Oh, dear. Now it's oh, it's starting to look really scary now with uh, that decision that the Blues made in the offseason of getting rid of Huso and, and, and sticking with Benner. It's starting to look like that that may have been the wrong choice. Bennington may be a solid playoff goaltender, but what's if you can't get to the playoffs, then how is he going to perform well? And this season, he has performed like absolute dog shit for the St. Louis Blues. He started out pretty good. They, they The Blues themselves actually started out pretty good to start this season, and now they're on this eight-game losing streak. Bennington can't fucking save anything. He is getting lit up on the regular, and now he's trying to start fights with everybody. The classic Bennington thing that 
that he does when he gets lit up, which I find is hilarious. It's like, why would you go and try and start shit like that when you got lit up? Like, it just makes you look like a little bitch, but that's Bennington, man. I know St. Louis Blues fans must love him, but when it comes to, you know, me, a Leaf fan, hockey fan, just watching it from, you know, fly, I don't know, just a guy that's not a Blues fan, it's pretty pretty uh, silly of Bennington to do this stuff. It's kind of the same uh, complaints that Matthews have been getting this week. You know, you got you got this guy, uh, your goaltender going out there starting fights, and then you got to have your teammates jump in and save you and stuff like that. You're just dragging them into a fight that you started, and that may cause a rift between that, that player that had to come and defend you because you're being an idiot and causing shit. And Bennington knows, man. He knows he can't be touched. He knows that he's got the St. Louis Blues team behind him, and they're a very tough fucking team that, that will kick your ass. That's for sure. But Bennington sometimes, man, I feel like he's got to get his head in the game and just stay in the game and not focus about all the other shit. Um, I understand maybe what he thinks he's trying to do to rile up his team. You know, that style that, you know, you go out there and get a fight, rile your team up. But with this, man, it just kind of doesn't look good for the Blues side. I just think it helps the other team. It'll fire the other team up a little bit more. Like, what was the goalie that he got into it uh, this week? I forget. Who was it? I don't know. He pushed some goalie in the fucking face or something. Last year, he was throwing the air punches and faking people out. It's it's quite entertaining. Like, I would, I would enjoy uh, Bennington on the entertainment side if I was a St. Louis Blues fan. But obviously, performance-wise, I'd be fucking ripping whatever hair I have left on my head out. Not good, man. Not good. Uh, the Blues are really into it right now. Again, I, I, everyone's going to bring up the fucking fact that, oh, the St. Louis Blues were last place in 2019. Then they came back and fucking won a Stanley Cup. That is not this team right now. They don't have Petriangelo anymore. They lost David Perron. And maybe that David Perron thing was a, a way bigger loss than maybe they thought because David Perron is a battler. He's very, very competitive. He can drag it out of you. He can bring your team into it. He's an excellent player, man. He's one of the more underrated players I feel in the league. Does not get his due. He's excellent, and he's doing well for Detroit right now. Look at them. They're doing much better than, oh, well, maybe not much better, but they're doing pretty good. Looks like they're taking that next step. Don't know if they're going to be able to keep that up and make it into playoffs, but regardless as it is right now, they're definitely a lot better than they were the last few seasons, so that's really good. St. Louis Blues, though, wow, I was... Just Jordan Cairo has, has not been there, man. Like, he signed his big ticket, and maybe now he got a little complacent. He's like, oh, well, now that I got my money, I got my eight-year deal, I got that financial security, I don't have to worry about it no more. Maybe his play, maybe his ambition, his... um. His motivation has gone down now that he's not playing for that contract. Maybe the same thing with Riley Thomas. He's also not doing very good. He's not doing very bad. He's not doing bad like Ryan O'Reilly bad. Kairou is borderline O'Reilly bad. He's really not been doing what he's uh, been known to do. Really fucking put up the points, especially last season. He was like a point of game player. He's excellent. Riley Thomas. Or, um, is that his name? Riley? Is that his name? Riley Thomas? I don't know. Thomas. Excellent. One of the one of the most underrated passers in the league. He's an excellent passer that's just not coming along right now. Their defense, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like it's more on the lines of Bennington. I still feel like the St. Louis defense is quite good. I mean, they got Justin Falk, who's putting up points. They got uh, Pareko, who I know everyone's wanted him to take that, like, really big uh, minute-eating defenseman step where he can. He was supposed to take over for Petriangelo, but Petriangelo's a really hard defenseman to 
to replace. They brought in Tori Krug. He's definitely nothing like Petrangelo. He's an offensively minded defenseman, quite good, but. Yeah, I think maybe losing some of those major pieces from that 2019 team is really starting to do some damage in the, in on that team because, I mean, an eight-game losing streak, holy fucking shit. And on top of that, I didn't talk about the coaching. So with, um, with the Pens, a lot of people feel like um, Sullivan is safe. Uh, I don't know about that, man. Like, I know he won them two cups, but uh, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of league. And, um, yeah, that was 2016-2017, right? So that's quite a few years ago now. So maybe the Pens are going to be looking for a new coach. I don't know. I know they love Sullivan over there, but what the hell are you going to do, man? You're on a seven-game losing streak. Something's got to give. Can't trade Crosby Malkin. Not going to be trading any of those guys. This Obviously, you brought them all back for another run. So what's it going to be? Are they going to try and get a goaltender? They're going to try. I think defense is going to be one of the places they need, to, they need to look first because, damn, it has been not very good. They look slow, man, and, and you can't have a slow defense in this league right now. You're going to get torn up, especially with teams like New Jersey out there that are just fucking blazing fast. Okay, so out of, I don't know, out of all those teams, I feel like the Pens and obviously I feel like the Flames are still, uh, they have a really good chance of getting out of this. The Blues, oh man, I hope they're really not banking on, oh, for last place by December we'll win the Stanley Cup because like, oh man, you, that's just not the same team, man. So you're not the same Blues that you were in 2019, so I doubt that's going to be the case. That was a, I feel like a once in every 100 years in the NHL kind of scenario where a team that goes from last place place and just fucking dominates the second half of the season and goes all the way to the Stanley Cup. Banana story. That was a crazy run. So amped that they beat the Bruins. That was awesome. But, you know, it is what it is with um, with their coach there, Barubi. I think he's a lot more safe now. They have a lot more recent Cup 2019, so and they seem to love him. But I don't know what's going to give over there, if it's going to be a trade. They can potentially trade off Tarasenko and or Ryan O'Reilly. They're both on one. They have their uh, one more year on their, on their deals and the way that they're playing right now. Uh, maybe they're going into a retool next season. Depends on how bad it ends up for this year but i don't know man with a with a losing streak like this bennington once he, if he loses his confidence and he gets off of his game it's it, it, it could be really really bad for bennington because uh yeah a lot of a lot of his game is is confidence when he's playing confident he's unbelievable he's great but when he's playing the way that he's playing right now he's starting to lose a little bit of that confidence then you're starting to see an ahl goalie in the net right now and it's fucking dog shit it's not it's not good enough benner so i want benner to get back into uh back into the way that he was playing at the beginning of the season that would be great for st louis but i don't know man uh really not looking good for st louis right now their their benefit is that they are in the west it's going to be a little bit of an easier task but the way that they're doing it right now they're digging themselves out of a they're digging themselves a fucking grave right now not a hole it's a grave it's a six by six it's getting bad so st louis what do you guys think out there what do you think st louis needs to do they're going to be trading tarasenko o'reilly maybe it's time to you're on an eight game losing streak so maybe you should just tank for bedard i mean why not wouldn't that be amazing you get bedard boom you got the you got uh i don't is jordan Cairo a center i don't know but regardless you would have great center depth there you got your replacement for ryan o'reilly you get rid of tarasenko he's wanted out of there for years anyway he's not off to the i mean he's done okay but he's definitely definitely not doing as good as he did last season and it's honestly a little bit surprising because it's a contract year most of the time guys just fucking go crazy on contract years ryan o'reilly 
quite the opposite. Tarasenko himself might be might be um, burning up some of that money right now. Ryan O'Reilly especially is burning millions by the fucking game right now. He's just burning it all away. Just, okay, looks like maybe you're retiring or, or you're going to be on a league men deal next year, buddy. But I don't know. I'm a fan of... Tarasenko. I was going to say Ryan O'Reilly, but then I just thought about the Tim Hortons thing. I was like, nah, I can't be a fan of that. <laughs> can't be can't be doing that shit, man. But Tarasenko, he's pretty good. He's on my fantasy team. I tried to trade him away. Didn't get a bite, so it is what it is. But St. Louis, man, they need to get the hell out of there. All right, so we're done with the losing streaks. Now, ooh, this is a little fun for me. Uh, it's a terrible situation, but I get a rip on the Bruins. So here we go. If you haven't heard you probably heard it if you listen to any hockey podcast every single hockey podcast every th- everybody in media right now are talking about what the Bruins did this week so if you're if you're living under a rack for some reason um, so the Boston Bruins decided they're gonna sign Mitchell Miller now Mitchell Miller was drafted a few years ago a few years ago by Arizona and it came out shortly after he was drafted that he was bullying a special needs student that he went to school with who also happened to be African-American. He was bullying him. He was basically torturing him. I don't really want to get into the details of it because it's just disgusting and I don't really, I don't want to go into too much detail about this because every single hockey podcast, every single news outlet, I swear, has talked about this in, in, in a, a lot they've talked about it a lot so i feel like the information is out there it'll be to, it, it can be told to you in a better way than what i'm going to tell you but all i can say is that i'm fucking disgusted by the boston bruins thinking that they're gonna get away with this um shameless fucking just at, at a time like this man when they're when nhl is trying to change the game allegedly and all this hockey canada bullshit and all of that and then you guys decide that you're gonna sign this guy who is a who is a just a trash human being the 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 garbage apologies that he gave out the judge decided that this kid showed basically no remorse didn't show that he was sorry he's been giving out apologies over instagram and twitter and bullshit won't do it in person regardless um the kid made a bad mistake yes it was when he was in grade eight the problem is is that he hasn't shown any remorse or growth uh into um going forward and the big problem is now is that this is all getting drudged up again the poor kid and the family have to go through all this trauma all over again it's terrible for the family it feels so bad for them that it has to just keep coming up and like the kid just just doesn't all he want like again the good thing let's just talk about some of the good stuff that came out of this so obviously the bruins came out two days later they released him so he's not going to play in the nhl so that's a good thing the other good thing is the Bruins players, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchant, and others came out and spoke out about how they did not like what the Bruins did, the Bruins management did. They did not uh, like the signing, did not like any of that, which is not something that players uh, commonly come out and say about their ownership and management and all that stuff. So that was really good. And obviously, it was really good that it got shut down. Everyone came out and, like, chirped the fuck out of the Bruins, which is uh, awesome because what a shameless piece of shit, fucking spineless, dickless move to do. I, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, actually, it's totally fucking believable. But the big thing is, man, is that uh, 
they still thought that this kid could, even though he made his mistakes and he didn't learn from them, whatever, he's so good at hockey that we'll just let him get away with it. And that's just fucking bullshit, man. That's fucking bullshit. And again, like this is the way that the problem with hockey that's and they and the Bruins just want to keep it going. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if he's a piece of shit, he's good at hockey, so we're we're gonna bring him in, we're gonna pay him a lot of money to play hockey here. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Unbelievable, man. So if you guys want to look more into it, you can listen to any podcast. Chicklets talked about Steve Dangle, 32 Thoughts, Puck Soup, everybody talked about it, man. It's a fucking disgrace. All I can say is that. Uh, fuck the Bruins for even fucking doing that, even thinking that they were going to get away with it. Fuck you, Bruins. Now I just have even more re- reason to hate your organization. And the only, like, yeah, I got, well, I gained even more respect for Patrice Bergeron because, I I mean, I respect him so much. He's such a great dude. He just plays for the Bruins. So there's, there's that. Brad Marchant, I don't know, he's kind of a two-faced, but... On the other end, he's a pretty goddamn good guy when it comes to community stuff. So I'm, I'm proud of him to come out and say what he said. So good job, Brad Marchant. And all the other guys in the locker room that came out and spoke up about it because that's bullshit. Gary Bettman came out and said that he's not even going to be eligible to play in the NHL. So on and so forth. So I'm happy that everyone seemed to put their foot down and no, this is not happening. No, this kid will not play. He didn't learn. He didn't all this stuff. So that's a great step forward. That's really, really good. I'm just so disappointed that the Bruins would even think that that's okay. And hopefully with uh, the backlash that the Bruins received, this is definitely going to stain their organization for a long time. Uh, It's going to be coming up for years and years to come. Uh, Hopefully not the... um, Hopefully it doesn't affect the families all that uh, that much in the future because it has to keep getting brought up that the Bruins did this. But I'm just happy that they stopped it. We can move on now. The Bruins are fucking assholes. I hate them. Uh, absolutely disgraceful. And um, yeah, I'll just say it one more time. Fuck the Bruins. You guys go to hell. Whoever decided that you wanted to do that. I would. Sh- I would. You, you're getting cold for Christmas. You're an asshole. Okay, so moving on from that, um, let's move on to uh, Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt. Uh, his point streak has ended at 11 games. It is a New Jersey record, uh, franchise record for the longest point streak, uh, I do believe. I don't. I'm, I'm, I imagine that he beat like Eliash or something, but regardless, Jesper Bratt is murdering it. In those 11 games, he got five goals, 12 assists. Oh boy, and the New Jersey Devils must be looking at their wallets right now and they're going rut row because this guy has one one year on his deal. He signed a they Jesper Bratt turned away a lot a lot of money. He was offered 8-year deals for a lot of money and he turned it down. He's betting on himself and it looks like that bet is paying off in a big fucking way because Jersey's going to have to pay up for this guy and uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it or not. Uh, hopefully they can for their sake because he's he's excellent. He's an excellent player. I had him last year in fantasy. Uh, he really exploded last year. I was like, holy fuck, who is this Jesper Brack kid? And um, yeah, the story on him for the longest time is that he just wasn't getting the ice time early on in his career. And all he needed was the ice time. And you're going to start seeing the points. He started getting the top six ice time. And boom, there you go. Now you got the points. And Jesus, look at him go now. It's... um. Yeah, I mean, it's good and bad for New Jersey Devils uh, fans out there. I wonder how you guys are feeling about it. Like, do you feel good that Jesper Brad is going to uh, re-sign with y'all? And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That would be like uh, Matthews, like, next year. 
uh, and we haven't signed him yet. And he just like puts up like fucking 78 goals or something has a, it's like, Oh God, how, Oh boy, there he goes. He's going to LA because there's no fucking way we're paying him. Um, yeah, but really good for Jesper Bratt, man. I'm a fan of his. I think that's really cool that he's just murdering it and he's shoving it up the hoop of the New Jersey Devils and he's betting on himself and that bet is coming through. That's really awesome. Uh, the the only the, the last guy that, that I can remember off the top of my head that bet on himself but it sadly didn't work out was Kevin LeBanc. He had a nice season. I think it was like 60, 65 points. And uh, he signed a one-year, $1 million deal, which was fucking mind-blowing to me at the time. And then, yeah, he just the, the, the Sharks started falling off, and then his point production started falling off. So poor Kevin LeBanc isn't making millions and millions and millions of dollars, but looks like Jesper Bratt is going to be making millions and millions of dollars to come up. So good for Jesper Bratt. That's really cool. And on top of that right now, he's on a 127-point pace. So... New Jersey Devil fans, if Jesper Bratt hits 100 points, how much money do you think he's going to want? And uh, the good thing is, New Jersey, he still has one more year of restricted free agency on his deal. So New Jersey has some leverage, which is good. It's just going to be, Jesper Bratt's going to be wanting the sun and the moon, man. He's going to be like, oh, I want like nine and a half, ten million dollars. And that's a very, very scary amount of money to be paying for a winger. And just in general for a forward, trust me, I'm a Leafs fan. And we're paying three forwards over ten million dollars. And it's, uh, look how it's going for us. Not, not ideal. So, um, yeah. So, very interested to see how the season finishes off with Jesper Bratt. Don't think he's going to keep up that 127 point pace, but... Is 100 points out of the question? I mean, the way that Jersey's playing right now, he already had such a great start. I mean, if he could just keep it up, he was basically rocking point of game last season. So if he can just stay point of game from this part of the season onward, maybe getting uh, a couple big games here or there, I can see 100 points for Jesper Bratt. Why not? I'm a big fan of his, so I, I would like to see that. That would be really cool. Oh boy, okay, here it comes. The suspensions are starting to come out in the NHL, and of course, who is leading the charge in the suspension train? It's Matty Kachuk. He was suspended two games for high-sticking Jonathan Quick of the um, of the LA Kings, so pretty weird situation, man. A lot of people are speculating that um, uh, Bra Matty Kachuk did this on purpose, so what happened? Uh, Jonathan Quick made a save or some shit. Matty Kachuk gets his stick up. His stick goes into the cat eye of the goaltender's mask. It hits him in the eye, and it's not very good. A lot of people saying that, oh, he meant to do that. He, he wanted to take his eye out, so on and so forth. And other people say, oh, no, it was a complete accident. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Matty Kachuk is, we know what kind of player he is. He's very feisty. He likes to get into it. No, I don't think he was trying to poke out Jonathan Quick's eye. Yeah, maybe I think he was definitely trying to whack him, maybe in the head a little bit, give him a little poke, accidentally poked him in the eye. There's no way that Matty Kachuk was trying to fucking blind the guy. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. It's the Los Angeles Kings. I know they don't like each other, but come on, dude. You're not going to poke a dude's eye out over a freaking save. It's not that. It's just a game. So Matty Kachuk was literally on chicklets uh the other day and he was i don't think he they were talking to him before this actually well, fuck, did it happen i don't know regardless just like when you when you hear him talk like obviously he didn't mean to do that accidents happen it does happen but regardless maddie kachuk has a long history of doing shit like this so they spend him two games people are up in arms about it. They're like oh it should have been more should have been less should have been none so on and so forth you're never when it comes to the department of player safety it's it's a very um 
a job you do not want to have. It's a job that you can't win at. You're going to piss off people regardless of what you do. You could have suspended them one game. People are going to be mad. You could have suspended them five. People are going to be mad. So it doesn't matter what uh, what it was, but it didn't look good, man. did not look good. So Manny Kachuk's going to be down for two games. Uh, as long as Jonathan Quick isn't blind, and then it's okay. We can move on. As long as everyone's okay, he got suspended. So there you go. Hopefully he won't do it again. Now the other... Now the other um, suspension goes to Josh Anderson. He was suspended two games for boarding on Petrangelo, and um, yeah, dude, it was fucking scary. Uh, I could not honestly could not believe that Petrangelo got up after that. That was fucking horrifying. If anyone remembers the Chris Draper hit, Claude Claude Lemieux uh, hitting Chris Draper face first into um, like the boards right in front of the bench. Pretty much the exact same thing happened to Petrangelo. It actually almost looked fucking more vicious but um, Anderson comes in behind him he fucking he's going to do that check regardless he wasn't going to not hit that check he hits the check Petrangelo kind of turns his back at the last second he goes flying face first right into the boards man and he pops right up fucking grabs Anderson lays in the fucking lefts and the rights I dug it man but that was a scary looking hit again uh, go watch it if you haven't watched it, man. It's, it's short and sweet, but oh my god, what a vicious hit! And you'll be—you'll probably be very surprised yourselves that Petrangelo got up the way that he did. I could not believe it, but um, the suspension for two games—I feel like is—it's fine. It's—it's uh, it's a very dangerous, unnecessary hit that they definitely want to try and eliminate out of the game. Um, the fact that I think that Petrangelo turned a little bit uh, didn't help the case, but. Uh, Anderson didn't have to do that check, but he was going for it anyway. Uh, the big problem, the thing is, like, I think he would have gotten a bigger suspension if Petrangelo was, like, down or if he got, like, stretchered out or something terrible like that. Then we probably would have seen a bigger suspension, but I don't know if Anderson's been suspended before and uh, Petrangelo got right up. Um, I know it's not great. It's, it's just a very dangerous hit. We don't want to see it. A lot of people were talking about um, them wanting to do like mandatory uh, five game suspension for a hit like that so then it will definitely discourage people to do a hit like that there's not many of those in the NHL the one that I can think of is the automatic 10 game suspension that you'll get if you if you leave the bench and get onto the ice to get into a fight David Clarkson did that in a preseason game and that pretty much ended his career because uh, yeah he had one hell of a great season for the Leafs that year oh my god god um yeah dude so uh dangerous hit right there anderson you can't be doing that shit i'm just i'm glad that petrangelo is okay it's kind of a fucking miracle that he is because that hit was absolutely devastating it was ridiculous can't believe he wasn't bleeding can't believe i just i'm shocked man just very very lucky that no one was seriously fucking hurt uh and other injury news kind of scary injury news evander kane uh the other night got an injury on his wrist, his ri- his wrist was cut with a skate. I believe it was Patrick Maroon's skate. They were playing the uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning the other night, and uh, Vander Kane went down on the ice. Patty Maroon came by and just completely by accident didn't do it maliciously or anything, trying to kill Vander Kane. But skate clipped his freaking wrist, man, and the blood squirted out right away. So. Yeah, may have nicked an artery right there. He got right up, went right to the trainer. Trainer got the got a got it covered up. So it seems that he's okay. It just gave me fucking flashbacks of when I I 
remember watching the game where Richard Zednick got his neck sliced open by the skate blade dude, and I was like, oh my god, and then I've seen the footage of that, the goaltender way back, I think it was like in the 90s or something, he got his throat cut, and um, just fair warning, if you're going to look up that video, it's fucking vicious, dude, there is so much blood, it, it's uh, it's a little, it can, it can definitely make you feel a little bit queasy, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, oh god, what the fuck, dude, but yeah, it's a fuck. It's a scary fucking game, dude. I even I have a note in one of the Leaf games that I I, well, I was watching this week that Matthews like accidentally kicked a dude in the face with a skate, and that could have been really freaking dangerous if he got him with the blade of the skate, which he almost did. So just crazy, man. Like th- this is an insanely dangerous game. These are guys going at ridiculous speeds on knife shoes. It's um yeah, things like this can happen. Thankfully, Vander uh, Vander Kane's okay. Just scary to see. Uh, that much blood on the ice it's just uh it's alarming and you don't want to see it so don't know how long uh vander kane's gonna be out i imagine he's gonna have to probably be out for a little bit here because that was a major cut and a major injury so we'll see how that goes for him okay so let's get into a little bit of good news now so alexander ovechkin breaks gordy howe's record for the most goals with one team at 787 goals holy jumping that is a lot of freaking goals man and um yeah i think it might be pretty safe to say that no one's going to break that record over almost 800 goals with one team that is absolutely bananas he only needs 13 more goals to pass gordy howe for second place on the list and he's only 106 more goals away to pass the great one Wayne Gretzky, man. Oh, I cannot wait. I hope he can make it. I hope he makes it. I'm feeling very good that he's going to make it. He's got a lot more time in the NHL. Crushing it this season, man. He's got eight goals in 12 games. When is this guy going to slow down? People are saying that he was not looking like Ovechkin this year. You freaking stupid. Eight goals? Eight goals in 12 games at 37 years old. Shut the fuck up. He is crushing it. He is crushing it. I think he's currently on like a four, three or four game goal scoring spree. I mean, it's Ovechkin, man. He's he's still Ovechkin. He's still crushing it. Still scoring goals from his spot, which is just maniacal that it's he's so good at scoring that it doesn't matter. Like you just can't stop him. He's been sitting in that spot for over a decade and Somehow the NHL team still don't have a have an answer for it. There's just there's not much you can do. You don't want to get in front of that shot. You'll break your fucking leg. And goalies barely want to get in front of it themselves. So, yeah, yeah. Ovi's pretty freaking good, man. Pretty freaking good. Just uh, they need to the team needs to get a little bit. But they're God. They got so many injuries in Washington right now. It's ridiculous, man. So many injuries. So with Washington, I, I feel like they they're more than likely going to miss the playoffs, which sucks. But uh, at least you know, I'm just happy that Ovi got that cup, man. I just I'm just happy that that's over, and I don't have to hear about that every single year. Oh, is Ovi gonna get it done? Is Ovi gonna get it done? Yes, yes, he did get it done. Speaking of getting it done, Eric freaking Carlson, welcome back to the NHL. Oh my God, you know, you see when the cream rises to the top. Oh yeah, seriously though, Eric Carlson. In 14 games, has 10 goals, 9 assists, 19 points. Whoa, dude. 10, 10 goals. He's a defenseman. He's a defenseman. What the hell, man? That What is going on with goal scoring and defenseman this year? This guy is third right now. Third in goal scoring. He is in the top three of the Maurice Rocket Richard race as a defenseman. 
lick my anus right now. Oh my god, that is bananas. I'm pretty sure he broke a record for the most goals scored in like a 10 game spree. No doubt. I mean, I'm blown away that he has 10 goals in 14 games. How many goals is he going to finish off with with a start like that? I mean, with him and Darlene, are we going to see like maybe two 30 goal scoring defensemen in the league this year? That would be fucking insane, dude. I haven't seen a. Uh, a defenseman score that much since Mike Green. I think it was Mike Green. He put up like 37, I think, one year. It was fucking insane, dude. Absolutely insane. Uh, defenseman, man. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm just so happy to see Eric Carlson getting uh, points again. I mean, that defense was never really there. He was never going to gonna turn turn the world around with his defensive abilities but i'm just happy that he's entertaining to watch again because eric carlson was one of the most entertaining uh players in the nhl to watch for quite some time there making some of the dirtiest passes everyone remembers the huge lob pass that he did to mark stone and then mark stone did the dirty 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 dangle oh my god that was so fucking insane man Eric Carlson, uh, welcome back to the NHL, buddy. It's it's good to see you back scoring points. Um, people have been speculating that maybe the way that Eric Carlson is playing, he may be able to get traded out of out of San Jose. Uh, what I say to that is no, probably not. Probably not going to happen. Even if for crazy, like we'll, we'll think. Okay, let's just run with it. Say the San Jose Sharks want to make a deal with Eric Carlson. He's still got an infinity amount of years left on that contract. He makes $11 million. So even if you retain half, that's still six, five and a half, six, six, seven, how much math? Oh no, I'm blacking out again. Anyway, it's gonna be a lot of money regardless. The problem with Eric Carlson is the term. It's not, it's not so much like the money is terrible too, but the term is what kills him. That's, that's just, you can't, you can't retain on terms. So I think that it's a possibility that the Sharks may be stuck with him for the the entirety of his contract, but I don't know, man. Maybe I don't. And on top of that, man, there's just so like the salary cap is so fucked right now. There's so many teams that just can't do it, and a lot of the teams that can do it, why would they do it? They're tanking. They're bad. You know, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, they can trade. They can get Eric Carlson per se, but you know why? There's just they're tanking, so there's no reason to bring them over. And then, like, what would, what, what, what could you even get in a trade if you're San Jose? Like, what could you really ask for? Like, you're, they're basically just trading away the contract. That's, that's what, like, and the team is going to get a benefit of getting an Eric Carlson, yes, but they're taking on that terrible contract. So you're probably, you might even have to pay for that. Or you may just get nothing. You may get, like, a okay, like a roster defenseman who may be like a, a top six at best, and then like maybe a pick if you're lucky. I don't know, man. I don't know what an Eric Carlson trade would look like, even right now with him fucking lighting it up the way that he's doing it. Crazy, man. Who knows? A lot. Some people are saying that it was Brett Burns. Now that Brett Burns isn't on the team, now Carlson's like full on the number one offensive defenseman on that team so they're saying that now that he he gets more of the of the touches he's getting more of the uh, responsibilities offensively instead of brett burns and brett burns is doing fine over there in carolina right now so yeah it's good to see it's good to see eric carlson back so that's awesome okay so let's talk about um, some hot starts and cold starts to the NHL this season. Uh, I'll try and just blaze through this right now, and we'll talk about which ones I think can and, and won't keep up the pace. I will probably tell you that I don't think any of these guys are going to keep up this pace, but let's get into it. Connor McDavid is currently on a 179-point pace. Yes. 
Yes, he is. 179 point pace. Oh, I don't know. Everyone's been saying, oh, Connor McDavid get 150 points, 150 points, 140 points. You could do it. Is this going to be the year? He's been saying that for like three years now. And I don't know, dude. He's doing really fucking good right now. I think, I don't know if he's going to hit like, definitely not going to be hitting 179 points. I just throw that out the window right now. He's not going to get that many points. Get the hell out of here. It's not happening. I think McDavid is looking to get that Maurice Rocket Richard in his in his in his trophy case this season. He is fucking crushing it, but he's got he's got the hotness of Eric Carlson on his back and Bo Horvat of all people. Jesus Christ, Bo Horvat scoring goals like crazy right now. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, 112 point pace. Holy fuck! Uh, highly doubt he's going to keep that up, but what a start for him! That is just absolutely insane. Take note that these these stats were taken a few days ago, so there may be slight adjustments to it, but regardless. At some point within this week, these guys had these points, uh, points paces. So, yeah, there you go. Rasmus Dahlin currently at a 112-point pace. Doubt he's keeping that one up. Martin Nakas. Natchez in uh, Carolina, 127-point pace. Are you, what? Are you fucking kidding? Holy shit. When I saw that, I had to. I was like, who? What the? What? Mar- Holy Natchez just fucking exploded this year. Finally, there you go. Uh, Hurricanes fans are going to be really happy about that when they've been waiting for him to break out. Uh, it, and I don't know if they expected this, but uh, I think they're very happy. No, I don't think he's going to keep 127 points pace, but point of game player, it looks like he's going to be that this year. Hell, they'll take it. Jonathan Tavares is currently on 104 point pace. So there you go, all you Jonathan Tavares haters out there. He's doing insane. He's doing awesome. Looks like that nice offseason uh, training did him did him wonders. He's been training very hard to try and um, limit the 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 what do you call it the decline that would be coming in his older age. So he's trying to get ahead of it, and it looks like it's working. He is crushing it for the Leafs right now. 104 point pace is a little less outrageous, but with John Tavares, a little bit of an older player, he doesn't doesn't necessarily have the speed. Even though he does look a lot faster this year than he than he normally does. But 104 points, um, no. I'm just gonna go out and say like no for all of these guys pretty safe to say but John Tavares John Tavares currently on 104 points pace David Pasternak is currently on 142 points pace now this guy he may do it just because he's in a contract year and that would be fucking hilarious because then the Bruins would have to pay him like 15 million dollars and that would be very very funny but for some somehow they're gonna get him on a sweetheart deal it's gonna be like eight years seven and a half million dollars and the Bruins are gonna win 11 cups in a row so Fucking goddamn it! But David Pasternak is murdering the league right now. Bo Horvat is on a 97-point pace, which is just fucking crazy for Bo Horvat. Uh, generally, like a 50 to 65-point player, pretty decent, like a 30, 30, 30 goals, 30 assists kind of guy. Right now, he is on a just a blistering goal-scoring uh, spree. He's got 12 goals. Wow, I mean, another guy in a contract year that looks like he's trying to get fucking paid right now. So good for you, Bo Horvat. 97 points isn't out of the question. I think it's a little crazy for Bo Horvat to hit. So no, don't think he's going to hit that. But fuck, man, 97 point pace for Bo Horvat. That's crazy. Uh, Dominic Kubelik, probably the greatest free agent signing this season. He is currently for the Detroit Red Wings on a 98 points pace. Holy manoleum flooring. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, what the fuck happened? You had this guy and you just let him go. Uh, We saw flashes of this before in Chicago. He scored 30 goals before, so there's definitely some sort of skill there. A lot of people thought that it was all Patrick Kane, but... Uh, there's no Patrick Kane in in Detroit, so uh, he's doing something right over there. And uh, yeah, so... 
good for him. 98 points. Maybe he can keep that one up. Who knows? It's, it's never been done for him before. He's never scored anywhere near that, but maybe he can. Brady Kachuk is currently on 126 points pace. That is freaking awesome. Really cool to see the other Kachuk brother exploding. He is literally basically point for point with his brother, Matty Kachuk, right now, who had uh, an amazing breakout season last year, 100-plus points. Uh, looks like Brady might be able to go for a... Uh, go match his brother right now so gonna be very fun to see how that points race goes out Matty Kachuk tends to be the more skilled player but Brady is fucking crushing it over there on a lesser Ottawa team so good for Brady Kachuk and in the Anaheim Ducks Troy Terry is on a 114 point pace holy fuck that's insane dude like he had a breakout season last year looks like he's doing more of the same this year possibly doing even better on a Ducks team that's performing worse than they did last year so good for Troy Terry man that's really awesome and some cold start cold starts around the league right now you got Anthony Mantha sitting at a 27 points pace right now for the Capitals that's really not good because I don't know man I always thought Anthony Mantha would be one of the more dominant players in the league by now his size I thought he'd be an incredible power forward just putting up like 30 goals 35 40 goals just dominating right now it is not looking good for him over there in Washington so I imagine he's going to be picking that up at some point 27 points seems way too low for him so hopefully he gets it going brendan gallagher in montreal 22 point pace right now i mean took kind of a step back last year it looks like he's kind of in of a decline right now but even i think that 22 points for brendan gallagher is a little low possibly looks like he might get traded this season that would probably be a pretty decent move for the for the for the habs to do that i know habs fans love gallagher but yeah, no. If someone's interested and you can get something for him, you might as well do it. Jonathan Huberto, 46-point pace right now. That's just not going to cut it, and that's a uh, one of the one of the reasons for sure that the Calgary Flames are not winning games right now is that they're not getting that points production out of Huberto, which is um, which they're they're needing. They need that. They need him to run that power play. They need him to run that offense. They need him to get some more five-on-five points. I mean, they just need more points out of Jonathan Huberto. And at a 46-point pace right now, the amount of money that he's making and uh, the amount of points that he put up last year, no fucking way that he keeps up at this 46-point pace. I would expect him to explode at some point this year where he's probably going to put up, like, 20 points in, like, 12 games. He's got to go on a big streak like that at some point here soon for Calgary. I'm hoping. Sam Reinhart. Now, this is the one I was like, holy shit. Sam Reinhart is currently on a 15-point pace right now for the Florida Panthers. What the fuck happened? I am so happy I didn't draft him. I remember draft night, I got super pissed off that he got taken like three or four picks before it was my turn. I really wanted to grab him up. Thankfully, I didn't because he's having a dog shit season so far. Last year, he fucking crushed it with the Florida Panthers. Maybe this year with the new system of Paul Maurice, maybe that's not working. A lot of people are like scratching their head at why they brought in Paul Maurice when they had Andrew Burnett there doing his thing he was doing good so Sam Reinhardt 15 point pace no way that he's gonna stay at that way too talented way too many good offensive uh, options in Florida uh, but Sam Reinhardt's gotta get it going dude 15 point pace is dog shit get it going uh, Jonathan Goudreau is currently on a 67-point pace. Not bad, but definitely not Jonathan Goudreau numbers that uh, people are used to. So Columbus is dog shit right now, and uh, Huberto is... I mean, oh, man, now it's really starting to look bad that he didn't go to New Jersey, man. Oh, man, imagine Johnny, Johnny Goudreau on New Jersey right now. Even more speed and skill to that team. Oh, my God, talk about Stanley Cup. Anyway... 
yeah, uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, I know he's been down, Patrick Laine, and they don't really have a center. They just don't, man. Like, uh, Sillinger doesn't seem that he's ready yet. Uh, the other young guy that they have there doesn't look like he's ready yet. Um, what's his name? Boone Jenner is not a first-line center. I don't care. He's just not. And, um, fuck, what's his name? Ras... Roslovic, Roslovic, uh, that guy, that guy that they got from Winnipeg, definitely not a first line center. Sometimes he shows flashes of being maybe a second line center, but third line center would be the most optimal for him. So Columbus is desperate, desperate for a center. Can you say Connor Bedard any faster for the Columbus Blue Jackets? They are dying for that player. Uh, really need a center in Columbus. And then last but not least, one of my favorite underrated players in the league, Kyle Connor, off to a slow start from the Winnipeg Jets. Does look like he's starting to turn it around right now. He's on a bit of a point streak. Got three assists the other night, so there you go. How are you doing? 49-point uh, pace right now. Imagine that boosted up after his little point streak here that he's got going, but that is not Kyle Connor. That is not Kyle Connor numbers. He's generally a point-of-game player. He had a really good season last year, not scoring the goals that he is uh, used to scoring. He's one of the more consistent go-to goal guys that I have been drafting him consistently for the last, like, three or four years. Never lets me down until I got him this year. He's not letting me down, but he's not performing up to the standards that I know he is capable of, so I'd be looking for Kyle Connor to go on a massive streak here um should be safe to say winnipeg jets are playing well uh he's just not getting the goals he's playing well himself he's getting in the areas he's just not getting that puck luck right now so i would i would highly suspect that uh kyle connor is going to get out of that 49 point pace and he should but uh, i think uh, having a career year uh this season is out of the question now that that starts a little too slow but who knows maybe kyle connor pops off and goes insane i would like that he's on my fantasy team so that's cute all right, so let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <sighs> Breathe, right? Everybody, everyone better? Everyone cool? So last week, I was I was very nervous about the Leafs. They're playing terrible. They lost all three games on their uh, Western uh, swing there. The Carol, uh, California road trip lost all three in pretty bad fashion, all three ways, and uh, looked terrible doing so. And then all of a sudden, after that, you look at their schedule, like, oh, God, we're going to be lambs to the slaughter. They got, they got Boston. They got Philly, who is... Uh, arguably not that good of a team, but the record is is pretty decent. And they got Tortorella, so you know they're going to be a hardworking team, and that's going to be a team that that could have had their way with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, not 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 so much. And then they had Carolina back to back after Boston with travel, and then the Vegas Golden Knights. Holy fucking shit! So let's get into how they did. So they start out with Philly. The Toronto Maple Leafs win that game five to two. There's, there were some good things going on. I just want to make one. I made one note here. I didn't I didn't say this a few weeks ago, but the Flyers did pick up Kiefer Bellows off of waivers from the Islanders. Just wanted to say that's an underratedly solid little pickup right there. I'm a little jealous that, uh, you know, Leafs didn't get him or something because I, I think that there's still some potential behind Kiefer Bellows. Uh, Holmberg made his debut in this game. Uh, he played on the third line. He got hit pretty good. Uh, the Flyers struck first in on in this game. Farabee had a really nice shot. Not not much of a chance for Samsonov to make that save. Poppy scored again on the power play. Uh, he kicked Konechny by accident in the face with a skate. So maybe that led to the beef that happened on later on in this game. Shortly after that, Tavares goes bar down to take the lead. Didn't give up on that play. He's just playing so good right now. Another excellent game for him. Uh, Leafs played pretty good in this one. Uh, Leafs Swede line got some great chances. They were robbed by the Philadelphia goaltender who was Sandstrom that night. No kata hot. That was good. Uh, Sam Sonoff making some ridiculous saves in this game on the penalty kill. 
Nylander taking a couple penalties. Got lucky there. PK bailed him out. Uh, more big saves for Sam Zonov. Had a hell of a game. Aston Reese got his first goal in there. That was really nice to see. So good for him. Leafs taking way too many freaking penalties again, man. Willie Nylander, you got two in this game. But shortly after that, man, J John Tavares and like scored one of the beautiful... He's got to be one of the nicest goals I've ever seen. Uh, John Tavares absolutely undresses. Undresses. The Flyers defense inside, outside. Fucking gets the, gets the double whack on it. Fights for that rebound. Gets it. Mm. And John Tavares got a hat trick in that game. Holy fuck. He had such a good game. I felt kind of bad for the goalie on that third goal because he lost his skate blade. And he was literally just a fish out of water, man. There was nothing he could do. And John just ripped it into the open net. That was dope. Hell of a game for Johnny T. Uh, Poppy was getting fancy in this game. There was some fighting going on. Thankfully, Michael Bunting and Giordano with the fucking wrestling spear out of nowhere comes in defense for Austin Matthews. A lot of shit getting tossed at Matthews' way. Uh, if you haven't heard, Mike well, there's a Mike Rupp went off on him, calling him a little bitch. I semi-agree with uh, some of the things that Rupp was saying. I think it's a little overblown, but there, there are some things that he was saying there that are actually true. And... Um, the fact that, like, Austin Matthews was not engaged, like, noodle arm arming a guy in the scrum. Like, you got to hold on to your guy, man. And, like, I don't like the fact either that he laughs and giggles and, and tries to do... I, I, I agree with Rupp on that, that he tries to play the cool guy thing. And, and maybe you need to start playing the, the I'm a hockey player and you can't fuck with me card and just show... Like, you're a big boy, Matthews. You're 220-plus pounds, 6'3". He could throw it around and he needs to start showing off that you can't just fuck with him and that... He's just going to have his teammates step in for him all the time. Like, doesn't mean that Matthews has to drop the gloves, but he can fucking sit there and, like, throw a dude. Like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see him, uh, you know, get more engaged in those situations. But I understand why he doesn't, but it's starting to get a little bit like, okay, it's starting, like, the league is starting to catch on that Matthews just ain't going to engage. And uh, his team sometimes won't engage with him. So, there you go. Uh, it was a really good game, man. A nice full effort from the boys. They played a pretty good full game. It was a game that on paper they should have won, and they actually did. So that was really good. Then we have the big game, Toronto-Boston. Toronto won this game 2-1, two, uh, two to one, which is fucking insane. That was a score I did not expect at all. Uh, they had a nice hockey fights cancer moment for Rodion Amirov, who is still getting treatment for his uh, cancer. So it was nice to see him there, and it was nice, uh, nice uh, applause for him. That was nice. Leafs uh, showed up on time for this game. That was really that's really good. Solid first period. Poppy with a greasy goal. He had both Leaf goals in this game. Toronto crowd was nice and loud for him. And I, I just like the way that Poppy scored that goal, man. That's a playoff style goal, like in front of the net, just whacking at it. Greasy, ugly goal. Those are the kind of ones you need, man. And then of course Brad Marchand does his fucking thing. He gets a goddamn penalty shot. Absolutely undresses Samsonov so much so that he busted his knee. Not fucking cool. Marchant was being a nuisance out there all night. You know, he's drawing his calls. He's being a dick. But uh, not 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 the biggest dick. He was just being a dick. I felt like Kerfoot and Malgan had pretty good games, uh, at least up until the third period. After that, after the third uh, during the third period, didn't really notice them all that much. But uh, first and second period, they were all over the place. They were all over it. So that was good. Shalgren was starting the third period. My heart 
I, I, I think I died for a little bit when I saw that. I was like, oh, no, it happened. So Sam Sonoff got injured. He got a knee injury. He's uh, He was on the ice the other day. So it uh, looks like he's going to be out for about a week week or so. Matt Murray's also, like, uh, they say he's ahead of schedule, but it looks like they're both going to be returning uh, in and around the same time. So, yeah, a little scary to have Shalgren in there, but he's he was getting it done, baby. He got it done. Penalty troubles. Again for the Leafs in the third period, but the penalty kill came up big, man. Giordano with a massive block on that penalty kill, man. Gio has just been so good. What a sweetheart. What a sweet... I love Giordano so much, man. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, Shalgren got the job done. He made all the saves. He didn't let any in, so he... It was a fucking really important win. Now, I know that the Bruins at this time during this... Uh, before this game, that's when all the news of the Mitchell Miller stuff came out. So, Bruins didn't look like the Bruins out there during that game. So, you know, the Leafs have to take advantage of that, and they did. They got the big win. Not um, I, I will take a win over Boston any day of the week. Doesn't matter. I don't care if they're, they're in their own heads. It doesn't matter. I don't care. They won that game. That was awesome. And then the next night, they got to play Carolina on a back-to-back with Travel, and they beat them 3-1, to and I was absolutely fucking shocked. I didn't get to watch this game. I was at work, and it was fucking blacked out, of course. So, uh, very pissed off. Um, basically, what I got out of this game is just one of those one of the games that the Leafs didn't really deserve to win, but they got that fucking win, and they need those wins too, man. Like there's there's uh, like it happens too much with the Leafs where they will outplay their opponent and they get rather goalied, or they just the they get bad bounces and they get bad goals against and they lose the game. And it's not too often that I feel that the Leafs. Um, well, no, that's that's not that's not fair to say because it does happen pretty often that the Leafs get outplayed, but they still come out with the win. That's what happened in Carolina that night. Uh, I believe it was William Nylander with that ridiculous goal on um, on Anderson, just that muffin between the legs. I mean, that was the most Anderson goal of all time. I mean, we're, we were very, very familiar with those kind of goals going in all the time when he was here in Toronto. Now, trust me, I love Frederick Anderson. I have a t-shirt with his name on it. I have a hockey puck with his face on it. And, and I think I have a picture. I do have a framed picture with him in it. So there you go. I have three three things. I like Freddie Anderson a lot. I think he was the best goaltender that the Leafs had since Eddie Belfour. And uh, there you go. So fucking, sh- yeah. But Anderson is prone to giving up dog shit. Just terrible. Make you want to jump off of cliff goals. And that was one of them. So there you go. Big fucking win for the Leafs right there. And then last night, they lost to Vegas in overtime 4-3. to three. I felt like the Leafs played good against Vegas for the most part. But um, I felt like the the couple things that I noticed uh, throughout that game was that Ve- when Vegas scored, it was like <sighs> I think the shorthanded one especially was annoying because I watched them on that power play and it looked like they they're getting a little like complacent, they're getting a little lazy, they're pat, they just looked a little they looked a little overconfident, and then Vegas makes made them pay, man. They took that puck and then boom, they were gone. Shorthanded goals, like oh, look at that. They they got they got fucking they got they they took their foot off the gas pedal for one second and Vegas made them pay. And that's that's exactly what Vegas does, man. That's what they fucking do. And then the overtime goal as well. Like what the fuck was that, Leafs? Like what the hell, man? They just gave up. There was a couple times. There was a one of the break. Like not only did Shalgren make like three fucking breakaway saves throughout this game he was excellent no no fault of at, at all for Shalgren. he was excellent but there was on one of those breakaways the team just gave up there's three guys back checking and once they knew that he was like gone they don't they all stopped skating 
and like what you, they just expected that it was just going to go in and then what well, what happens when it didn't go in they weren't ready to get the rebound and shit so yeah dude it was it was not good and then the overtime it looked like they did it again they just got a little lazy in the offensive zone vegas takes it and then they go down riley smith boom boom pass it back and forth it's in the net the game is over they at least lose in overtime get a point out of it which is nice and i mean yeah they just had a hell of a run right there they just went through four really good teams philly arguable i mean they had a good start but on paper they're not that good of a team and they're quite injured but regardless the leafs needed all those points that they got they put up a decent i think it was a decent effort against vegas i just felt like those couple times that they got lazy they they flashed that old leaf card where they're like oh they're just not playing a full game and vegas made them pay both like both times i looked like they took their foot off the gas and they were getting a little lazy a little complacent in the back of your net so Again, we are seeing the same Leaf story that we see every single fucking year. It's literally almost a copy and paste of exactly what happened last year. Shitty start for them last year. Matthews came out kind of cold. Marner wasn't playing right. No one was playing right. Goaltending was whack. And then they rattle off big wins, and then everything's fine. So am I happy? I'm happy that they won those games, yes, but I'm still extremely nervous for their playoff potential, and these problems are still there, man. It doesn't matter that they played those good games. Those problems are still there, and the fact of the matter is, like, it's so scary that they can be a fucking bottom-feeding dogshit team one game, and then the next game, they're, they're contenders. It's like, you can't, you cannot win in the playoffs if you're going to be inconsistent. you got to bring that fucking 110% every single game in the playoffs. And I'm still not convinced with this Leaf team that they're going to be able to do that. They're going to have those off games where they're just not going to be feeling it. And they got to find ways to drag themselves into those games. And that's where the bottom six comes in. And... I just don't see it out of them either, man. Like, they don't have those guys that are going to drag them to the fight. They don't have those guys that are going to, you know, defend them when they have to get into those fights. You have a couple guys, Wayne Simmons, but, like, come on, man. There's just got to do better than this. I just want the consistent. The consistency with this team is the most infuriating thing is that it can even happen in a game. It can happen in a game. They could start out flat, like they like how, how the Leaf game usually goes. They start out flat for, like, the first two and a half or fucking – period and a half and then they turn it on late in the second and the third period they just go boom 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 there's three goals and then boom they win in overtime it's like that's just not the style of hockey you want to be playing now it is nice to see that the Leafs currently um they, they seem to be playing a, they're trying to play a little bit more playoff style hockey where they're scoring less which is maybe them simulating what scoring will be in the playoffs like you're not going to be scoring that many goals in the playoffs so maybe they're trying to learn how to play tight hockey games which they kind of have been doing lately they're not scoring they're not scoring a lot of goals but they're not letting in as many goals either they're still top 10 in goals against right now so they're doing something right when it comes to defense the problem is, is that when they make those defensive gaffes it almost always ends up in the back of the net and there's got to be something to do about that there's there has to be a way that we can tighten this thing up and you, they have to learn how to play 60 minutes man i mean it's 60 minutes it's an hour of hockey can you can you please just fucking focus and stay in it for the full 60 for like more than seven games per year i mean we got you gotta be able to get that consistency going man and and on top of that very proud of the leafs that they were able to beat these teams without their without samsonov that was incredible i feel like they've been they've really tightened up defensively in front of Shalgren, so they've been playing better in front of them again it's just those few gaps it's every time they make a mistake they just it always ends up in the back of the net and there's got to be something to that so 
hopefully in Leafland right now, the heat is off a little bit. But still, there's a lot of us that have been watching this group, this core for the last how many seasons now. And we've seen this play out this way before. And uh, I'm just I'm not sold yet. So there's still more to be done here where the Leafs aren't contenders just yet. We're not out of out of the woods just yet. There's still problems. There's still flaws with this team defensively, structurally. But at least now they're not like if they went in and lost three or four, if, they went, if it went the other way, they lost three or four instead of winning three or four. Maybe we got a new coach right now. I don't know. Maybe there's a new player on the team. The Leafs did lose um, Abe Kubel to waivers. Washington Capitals claimed him because they're absolutely desperate for forwards right now. I don't think we're going to miss him all that much. He really didn't do a whole hell of a lot. It sucks that it didn't work out. Kind of becoming a theme uh, with the Leafs. Like a lot of these new bottom six guys that they've been bringing in over the last few years haven't really been working out. Like has Wayne Simmons worked out all that good? No, not really. Jason Spezza was incredible. I'm going to get that man's goofy grin fucking tattooed on my back. I swear to God. But, I mean, Abe Kubel, we had Nick Foligno. You had, God, I don't know, man. There's just been so many guys throughout that bottom six. You got to find someone that'll stick, that can stick, like, really good. David Camp being, like, one that we struck gold with. He's been excellent. Uh, Pierre Engvall, we just need him to be more consistent, and I would love for him to throw hits with that massive draft body of his. <clears throat> okay, so Leaf Land out there. Hopefully, uh, we feel better. I feel better, but I'm not satisfied yet, that's for sure, because my eyes are on the playoffs right now, and the way that we're playing recently looks better. It looks more like a playoff-style team, which is good. It's just that there's still some problems in there, the, the usual problems that they always have is that they got to keep working on it. I'm I'm very happy that we're a top 10 defensive team right now, which is which is crazy. It's just that man, sometimes like they they really at times do not look like a top 10 defensive team out there. So, I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with Samsonov and the way that he's played. If they didn't have Samsonov, I doubt that they're a top 10 team. I I doubt that they're even a top 20 team at that rate, but Samsonov has definitely saved our bacon. Shogren is saving our bacon right now. They signed Keith Petrozelli, fucking six foot six giant goaltender, so I don't know if we're going to see him in any games, but regardless, Shogren's going to have to hold the fort down right now. He's looked good. Good enough, you know, it's uh, he, his numbers are pretty ugly, but he he does make big saves out there when we need him. So he makes timely saves, which is good. So he did it in the Vegas game. He made tons of timely saves. I don't think we deserve to even make it to overtime in that game. Thankfully, we did. But yeah, man, I wasn't really expecting a win over Vegas after after that three game uh, series. But uh, good week for the Leafs for sure. Very much much better than the last week. And uh, their upcoming games. So this Friday you got Pittsburgh's. Uh, Vancouver on Saturday and Pittsburgh again on Tuesday. So here's the test. You got a you got a struggling team. You got to play them twice in the Pittsburgh Penguins, currently on a seven-game losing streak. And then you got the Vancouver Canucks, who are just kind of bottom feeders of the league right now. So I don't want the Leafs to play down to their competition, which is a theme for the Leafs. It looked like they played up to their competition this week, which was good. But I don't want them to play down to their competition. Don't play down to the Penguins because they're on a seven-game losing streak. They still have Crosby, who is going to burn you. And, um, yeah, so just play like an NHL team every single night. Play your game. Don't play the other team's game. Don't play to what you think they're, they, they are going to play that night. No, no, no. You dictate the pace. Don't follow the other team's pace. So, yeah, so... 
hopefully the Leafs could come out 3 and 0 on those games because on paper they should be they should win all three of those games no question. Pens are struggling. Let's take advantage of them. Fucking send them to the slaughter. Throw them an anchor. Don't don't throw them a life life raft. Just throw anchors. Vancouver, you're dead. We're going to murder you guys on fucking Saturday. We're going to destroy you. Thatcher Demko is going to be in net. He's going to give up seven. So there you go. Hopefully um, we can keep this up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's going to be hard uh, dealing with the injuries right now, but we're battling through it. I'm proud of this Leaf team right now, but they got to keep it up. I'm still not convinced. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you convinced after those three, three, four games from the Toronto Maple Leafs? I'm not convinced in four games. Not convinced with the season so far. There's still moves, I think, that need to be made. And uh, great to see. Oh, gotta shout out Lilligren. Almost forgot two goals. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Awesome. Great to see him back in the lineup. Looks like he's already. It's it's been a great fit so far. We're winning games with him in the lineup now. Now I don't think he's the sole reason why we're winning those games, but he's definitely helping. He's definitely helping. So there you go. That's all I can say because I'm running out of voice and it's fucking almost five o'clock in the morning again. I want to go to bed. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Damn it. So there you go, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Um, let me know of your opinions of, of the episode. Uh, you can hit me up at Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up with the email I have. It's all down in the description. You can go to my YouTube channel. I'm playing. I have uh, Let's Play of Uncharted 3 and Disco Elysium going on currently right now. Just finished up the Resident Evil 3 uh, Halloween. Uh, October Let's Play, so that's all done, ready for you. Go over there and watch over 700 videos over there. Daily uploads, two videos on Saturday. Daily uploads Saturdays, you know it, baby. So, you're looking for more of this guy, you want to go watch some of my videos, you want to watch me be bad at video games, be my guest, go over there, subscribe, tell all your friends, like the videos, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, do whatever you have to do, spread the word, and if you made it through all this, you're a special trooper, and I love you for it. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys again soon. Go Leafs!